uh, All My Children is a soap opera on ABC. It aired for 41 years on ABC at 12 noon uh, Pacific time. <laughs> and I watched it like from the womb. So it started in 1972. I was not born yet. Many, many, many years later, I was gestating in my mother's womb and she was watching it. And so I was, of course, vicariously watching it through her eyes. For nearly 40 years, this story has given faithful service to the young in heart. Welcome to the Fangirl Hour, the podcast where we dive deep into the reasons why we love our fame. Time has been powerless to put its kindly philosophy out of fashion. To those of you who have been faithful to it in return, and to the young in heart, we dedicate this podcast. So hello, welcome to the Fangirl Hour. This is the second episode of 2022, and I have my good friend MJ Taylor with me. Say hello and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi! Yes, you can call me Ta- well, you can call me whatever you want, but people, <laughs> other people can call me Taylor. Okay. Uh just go by my last name with uh, with most other people. I I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. <laughs> Tell us about some of the things you're working on right now. Oh, um I okay. Uh you know, I have a day job, but we don't need to talk about that. And I uh produce a web series called surviving maine uh which is like a fan-based version of survivor the cbs tv show but we have uh like 20 people living in the woods in maine building a shelter surviving on rice and it's like four days instead of four weeks (laughs) but they vote each other out and do challenges and uh confessionals and stuff like that and so i make that web series um and uh you can watch it on youtube there's a one full season and we're gonna be recording the next one uh this may as long as covid doesn't go crazy again (laughs) so um how is the process of getting the cast members do you how do you do that is if this podcast is coming out in the next week or two uh you can still apply if you want to play surviving maine just go to the uh twitter page it's at surviving maine or the facebook page surviving maine on facebook and you'll see links to the application and we're looking for people who like have never even watched survivor and don't know anything about it we would prefer more people because we're getting a lot of super fans who love survivor applying and like that's great but sometimes we need a few people who don't know what they're doing and are a little bit out of their element so if you can be in Maine on Memorial Day weekend, we would love to uh, have you on Surviving Maine. <laughs> so as producer, what does that mean? Does, are you on set or are you just like behind the camera, behind the scenes? Or yeah, I'm just behind the cameras. Oh, That's you're behind it. the camera. So actually, you're you're not just like running the thing from a big office somewhere. You're actually like ah. on camera and <laughs> all that fun stuff. I'm behind all the cameras and then sometimes you'll see me in the background <laughs> on, on, in shots. But the, um, the person who makes like the whole, the whole event is Liza Stratton and she like conceived of this whole thing and she runs it and she's the host of the show and she makes the challenges and yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. In some episodes. Uh, so yeah. And so you, you'll fly over to Maine for that time period. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's go into the first question. What is your fandom? So pick one. 
how did you come to love this and describe any background or history of your fandom? So you uh, suggested that I talk about all my children, <laughs> which I, I love that idea because I don't think of it that much anymore because it, it was off the air. Uh, it went off the air like, God, like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. which is so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> so when you brought that up, I was like, okay, I could talk about that. That's that's cool. Uh, All My Children is a soap opera on ABC. It aired for 41 years on ABC at 12 noon uh, Pacific time. <laughs> and I watched it like from the womb. So it started in 1972. I was not born yet. Many, many, many years later, I was gestating in my mother's womb and she was watching it. And so I was, of course, vicariously watching it through her eyes from my fetal position um, in the uterus (laughs) or wherever babies go when they're growing. (laughs) I don't know biology. I'm a lesbian. I don't care about stuff like that. just kidding. Plenty of lesbians care about stuff like that. Um, <laughs> thanks for laughing. Uh, yeah. So, so from the womb and then like throughout the years, even as a child, like, especially during the summers, I would watch all my children. Um, my mom, that was the one she watched. And then my aunt Jill watched all of the ABC soap operas. So it was like, there was this one half hour show called loving that only lasted like 10 years or so. And then there was all my children and then one life to live and then general hospital. And now general hospital is the only soap opera on TV. Um, But all my children was groundbreaking, groundbreaking Leah in many ways. Mm -hmm. It was the first show to discuss the Vietnam war, for example, Mm -hmm. Um, the first, Um, Emmy Award given to a soap opera actress went to a character on All My Children because of a speech she gave about the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. Um, They were the first to have an interracial couple on TV. They were the first to talk about abortion on daytime TV. Erica Kane, who was portrayed by Susan Lucci for all 41 years, who never won an Emmy. She did end up winning an Emmy many, like in a, such a dumb year too. Anyway, she went like 30 years without getting, like being nominated every year and never winning. Anyway, uh, she like was a model and it, it, this was the 70, it was 72, I believe. Uh, it was very early in the show. She was a model and she got pregnant and she had an abortion so that she wouldn't get fat. Like it was Like, that's a crazy, that's a wild thing to have on TV in the 70s. And it was like, this is what's happening. And yes, it's like a painful thing that she's going to do uh, emotionally and, you know, all that. But uh, anyway, so there's that. And then the very first um, gay character on daytime TV was on All My Children. The first lesbian kiss on TV, on daytime TV was on All My Children. Was that after Ellen or before Ellen or... So the first gay characters um, were in the 80s. There was a lesbian and there was a gay man. They were totally separate storylines a few years apart. And the gay man, he was a teacher. Like, I remember this one. He was a teacher and then he got fired because they found out he was gay. Um, And then the first, like, same-sex kiss on daytime television, not TV period, just daytime, uh, which is a big deal because it's, you know, it's in the daytime. It was uh, Erica Kane's daughter, Bianca, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like this whole long storyline about like Bianca coming out and this other girl Greenlee was like really mean called her Lesbianca and like blackmailed her and was like I'm gonna tell your mom that you're a lesbian Lesbianca and then she you know, like she ends up coming out to Erica Kane her mother and Erica Kane's super homophobic which she wasn't expecting and like has like she she wasn't super homophobic she she struggled to accept her you know um and then there was the first trans character on daytime tv on all my children yeah because daytime tv you know kids could see that so that's why it was exactly that's why it's like a big deal it could be like watching he-man and then turn over and be like oh <laughs> especially in the 80s and the 70s and the 70s wasn't uh abortions were still not necessarily as safe as they are today mm-hmm. still today right like they you know yeah i mean woods, but you know yeah. <laughs> like in an alley somewhere it wasn't like that but you know it wasn't the most accepted open safe thing that a woman could go through I guess and I think yeah and I think because like Roe v. Wade had just happened or it hadn't even it was like months before it was fully legal in, like constitutionally mm-hmm. um that this was on tv yeah right, right. so uh, I felt that it, it was that was a current event that it was helping to raise awareness and promote. So why did you, can you talk a little bit about why you specifically, what it is about All My Children that you kept tuning into? What what did it do for you? Yeah, um, I don't know, dude. <laughs> it was so like, you know, it was like um, maybe a comforting thing because, mm-hmm. you know, it was from my childhood. I remember being in like third grade and playing all my children like (laughs) it was like a combination of playing school and all my children because there was this at that time when I was it was this was like the um late 80s and um you know Kelly Ripa she's famous Mm -hmm. everyone knows who Kelly Ripa is she was on all my children and she she was like this teenage punk rocker on all my children and I like loved her I loved her Haley Vaughn is her character's name and so we would play and I, I like one of us would be Haley and the other one would be like Brian, her boyfriend. And then somebody would be uh, uh, whatever other character. And we, and, oh, and then uh, uh, Haley's uncle, who was a detective, Uncle Porkchop, somebody would be Uncle Porkchop. <laughs> okay. That's like we great. would play all my children. <laughs> and then it just became like, you know, then, then, um, then I was in like junior high and um, Sarah Michelle Geller came on all my children yeah, she played Erica Kane's daughter, Kendall. And I was like, who is this? And I was just like figuring out that I was gay, I guess, and like being attracted to girls. And uh, so I had a crush on her. So then it was like, when when she came on All My Children, then I became even more invested in like recording it on VHS and like watching it when I would get home, you know, but from school. You say you had to like schedule the VHS, the VCR before you yes. went to school, right? You had to absolutely, VCR. yeah. It, it was like it was. I I was the one in my family who knew how to program the VCR. They, every family has just one person who knows how to do that in the eighties and nineties, right? <laughs> I was the one who could do it, and so it was like Monday through Friday, twelve p.m. to one p.m. Record Channel Three. <laughs> channel Three. I didn't even get it. Channel Three. I got two, four, five seven nine and sometimes 11 to make it to make you to connect with you when i was little i was playing night court in my basement but i was playing night court by myself 
Like, well, what else? I was just imagining that all the cast members were there and there I was. If you had siblings your age, then you would be playing with your siblings. <laughs> Perhaps, I don't know. Maybe they'd be, maybe, I don't know. Or yeah, younger than you were, closer in age. Okay, yeah. so what has been the best part of being a fan of this? I mean, I don't know. I think the uh, kind of the best part sometimes is when I, when, when this like becomes a topic of conversation, people are shocked. Like, wait, you watch all my children? <laughs> what? It's so confusing for people because like, you know, I, people see me as like, um, can maybe a little bit of a tough guy and like, uh, into punk rock and like stuff like, like, like not that kind of person who would watch a soap opera so I enjoy that it's shocking to people I there's something about soap operas that is so uh, you know people who don't watch them but like have ideas about what they are will be like oh soap operas are so stupid because like they'll bring characters back from the dead or like there's evil twins and stuff like that I love that I love having this cultural reference where I can be like oh yeah there was an evil twin on all my children she uh, pretended to be her twin and then locked her twin in a well and threw bottles of water down to her uh for like a year and stole her husband and like <laughs> and then there was like an doctor with a with a scar <laughs> she did not have an eye patch you know what maybe she did there was a you know dr david hayward who no, Dr. Dr. Death, he would, he figured out how to bring people back from the dead. So that helped the storyline of like, you know, someone had died in a plane crash. Maria died in a plane crash and she came back to Pine Valley. That, that's where all my children set in this fictional town in Pennsylvania. She came, she comes back to Pine Valley and everyone's like, well, you were dead. And Dr. Hayward brought her back to life and she had been kept in this room for like 15 years while he <laughs> worked on her or whatever. Stuff like that, like the, the wild illogical unreasonable things that happen i love that i yeah. love how okay. stupid the those storylines can be and yet at the same time they can kind of weave in a way that it's suddenly groundbreaking and meaningful yeah i mean so all soap operas have that stupidity mm -hmm. that you can make fun of and it's funny uh, all my children was really funny but that like the creator agnes nixon who created like five other soap operas that were long lasting. Um, she created All My Children because she wanted something that was geared more toward young people. This is in the seventies, but geared more toward young people and social issues. Cause everything else was about romance and she wanted more social issues in on TV. And she accomplished that. And it, it was, that one was the most socially conscious soap opera on TV. And it also had the highest percentage of men who watched it. Like people in the in the major league baseball in ML in MLB <laughs> would watch it. I would read because I baseball was the only sport I really liked, and I would read uh, like interviews with people, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, in the locker room we watch all my children," and I was like, "Yes, that's what I watch." <laughs> I don't feel so alone. So I, I I commend you that you're able to proudly claim proclaim that you're a all my children fan because. For much of my life, I, in like after from 16 until I don't know, like 42, I was embarrassed to admit how much I like Beverly Hills 90210. And now I'm like, <laughs> because it's not like you say it within some circles and they're like cheesy soap opera and this and that. But now as I watch it again and listen to it, I'm like, 
first of all, there is a cheese ballness to us, but it's not like with, with what you're describing, it was a lot more realistic and it was, yeah. and they didn't know what to call it at the time because they never had anything like that on like primetime team. Yeah. So they call it a teen soap opera, but now you look at all the things that have come, but now they're trying to make it all like spinny and have like some kind of murder mystery going on. Oh, really? <laughs> well, you think of like Riverdale, that's a teen mm -hmm. drama that came out of Beverly Hills 90210, that being yeah. the first teen drama. There was no genre. So yeah, it, it was it was something that I was kind of ashamed to admit until recently. And now I'm like buying all the shirts and even the dolls and everything and being like, yeah. So me most memorable moment. Um, I had to think about this one, but, uh, there in the late two thousands, uh, all my children was like the viewership of all soap operas was going way down. And so they were doing this outreach and somehow I got on this list of viewers and they, uh, had me fill out all these surveys of like, what storylines do I want to see on all my children? And, and I had all these ideas. So I was like, oh, let me tell you about all the storylines you should do. And they did one of them. Like two months later, I said, like, I, my suggestion was like, you know, you have a lot of very wealthy characters on this show. And we don't hear about, you know, this is known to be a, a soap opera that focuses on social issues. Well, there's a lot of poverty and people living paycheck to paycheck in America today. So this is like 2000, 2006, 7, 8, somewhere around there. And, uh, and so they, like two or three months later, suddenly this one character is poor and living paycheck to paycheck and there's a whole storyline about it and I was like that was me that was me they listened to me <laughs> that is awesome okay so the last question and then yeah so the last question and then we'll kind of do a closing how has this fandom helped you throughout your life how have you grown because of this fandom so we've already discussed that a little bit you can you know further go further into it however you please <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't that's like a harder question because it is such a silly a silly thing to be a fan of but I did like grow up with it you know um it was on it was on for up until I was I guess maybe 30 I think it was on till 2011 yeah so mm -hmm. you know 30 years of somebody's life uh growing up with these characters and and then then like them still being culturally relevant I don't know how it helped me grow <laughs> grow as a person I think it it helps me now take myself less seriously like I proudly proclaim that I love that soap opera and I uh when you asked me to do this I looked um I was looking online like what what do I not remember about all my children and in my online search I found that Kelly Ripa and her husband are trying to do a spinoff called Pine Valley that would be a primetime like drama. And I got so excited. <laughs> this was like a year ago. So I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but I was like, oh my God, amazing. I hope this happens. That's such uh, a you think, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. So let's uh, tell me, tell the audience how they may if they want to find out more about you how they may reach out to you if they want to geek out with you over all my children or something else like I know yeah cult, how would they do that and then we will say goodbye 
I would love for anyone who uh, dares venture onto Twitter to at me at MJT, the PhD, and we can talk about all my children and why it is the best soap opera ever made, period. Okay, nice, nice. Okay, well, thank you for coming on and we shall have you back to talk about, I don't know, Survivor, Luca Salt. (laughs) Oh my God. And people should check out Surviving Maine. I'll put the all the information in the in below. Thank you for listening to the Fangirl Hour. If you would like to geek out with us on the Fangirl Hour, please email us at cafegirlproductions at gmail.com. Thank you especially to our Cafe Girl Superstar patrons, Kathy Anderson, David Anderson, Dorothy Ninau, and David Glamour Dave Ninau. If you want to find out more about Cafe Girl Productions, head on over to www.cafegirlproductionsinc.com. If you want to support us, head on over to www.patreon.com slash cafegirlproductions. The opening theme song includes segments from the TV shows Night Court, Beverly Hills 90210, Saturday Night Live, The Simpsons, and Doctor Who. The final theme song includes that of my favorite song by songwriters with a z and that is from gemendo.com thank you very much bye